Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Another another great Cradle episode coming at you today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna uh, whip, this we're one... gonna whip this at you like a oh yeah like a golden dragon. You know what I mean? A very specific one. Yeah. Okay. We this episode is on Ghostwater, book five. Let's get let's first get to some listener comments. Right. The first comment I want to address is about an ongoing theory that we've been we've been playing with a little bit. We've had some back and forth with the comments about our Jai Chen theory. There is a lot of comments about our Jai Chen theory. I'm not going to go into all of them. Uh, I'm going to say uh, one thing about some of the comments. If you are claiming that Jai Chen wasn't healed in some way, and that was what allowed Linden to marry her... I need an explanation for how he didn't notice she wasn't healed. Because at one point, he sees a time lapse of his kids growing up. And you're going to tell me that in that time lapse, he doesn't see his wife anywhere and doesn't wonder about that. So I'm going to need an explanation for that. Okay. However, if you're claiming Jai Chen gets healed, you need to provide me with how they get healed. And I'm going to say... LD Debate 91 has given us a brilliant solution to this. So LD Debate 91 mentioned the grandfather's tears at the top of one of the the four schools. It's at the top of one of the mountains that the schools occupy in the Sacred Valley. And if you remember the history of this spring, it like renews your body and spirit. And it's really like painful and hard, but it like essentially renews you to like youth. This is doing a good job of convincing me that I am like, before I was 60-40, and this just flipped it. So I'm 60% now that Jai Chen was Lyndon's not future wife because of this comment. Because now I'm like, oh yeah, Jai Long could totally force that school to allow her into the grandfather's tears. He's way more powerful than everybody else. And that has big potential for healing Jai Chen, I think, if it does what they say that it does. And you're going to tell me, like, there's no way they care if Linden's unsold, if if Jai Chen's like, hey, I'd like to marry this guy, brother. And her brother's like, okay, y- you can marry him. The clan's not going to say, uh, he's unsold. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Jai Long's way more powerful than everybody else. Plus, at that point, Linden will have been like following a path already and demonstrated that he's like worthwhile to the clan. So I don't know if the unsold part would play too big of a, of a factor, but LD Debate 91, great comment, great job, way to go. You, okay, that, that's a powerful comment to, to sway Dan a little bit there. To sway Dan away from one of his own theories is tough. Uh, there, uh, there were a lot of different, a lot of speculation about how she would be healed, a lot of different ideas. Um, a lot of them very plausible. I, I, I would agree that I think that's, that's, that's my favorite one too. That one, that one, that one feels good. Also, Luke, I, you keep putting this theory on me. You said this theory. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm actually still, no, I'm still on this theory. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, okay. I want to talk about, we, we, we went a little bit into the labyrinth last episode and, I don't think that there's been a ton of information about the labyrinth yet. And so we were making wild seat of our pants. Actually, I think it was mostly me. 
just like doing nonsense theories about that. One comment that we got that I thought was very good was from Peak Data 1934 about the labyrinth not being a proving a proving ground like we mentioned it was, but more of a research facility in the past. I don't have that much about that because I I think maybe we'll hopefully we'll learn more about the labyrinth in the future, but that that feels really good to me, you know, the 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 research facility idea, I like it. It feels really good to me too, and it feels really good to me too because we're starting to get a lot more into the research, especially in Ghostwater. We're starting to get a lot more into the research side of things, the research side of developing a path and developing sacred weapons and things like that. And apparently it takes like a big structure where you have all these quote unquote scientists working together. And this labyrinth, it seems pretty good for that. Mm -hmm. It seems like a big research complex. So I am into that. I'm also into that because that's also kind of what the Transcendent Ruins used to be a long time ago. Like there was a Soulsmith's Forge at the top of them. Somebody, These people doing this intense research in the Transcendent Ruins. So that also strikes me as, as good because it fits into what it's, you know, kind of what its nature is from what we've seen so far. Um, it is interesting how like there's definitely still something at the center of it that they're trying to understand like potentially that's the thing they're researching so i think i think the the research facility theory has a lot of potential here um i don't know if i'm willing to completely lose our old theory uh because i also really like that one and we haven't seen any soulsmith forges in the labyrinth, right? We've yet to see anything in the labyrinth that indicates it's a research facility. Like nobody's come out with with notes about constructing these brilliant treasures. It's just all the treasures are in there. <laughs> and so, so I don't think we have evidence one way or the other yet. But it, it does feel very good. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Let's we'll keep we'll keep it in our back pocket. Uh, okay, so a couple other comments that I'm going to go through. One, I think that was made by multiple people, um, but I'm going to reference by Loner Actual uh, that the, the, the duel I keep ranting about um, and how, like, how I don't understand why it would be so important. We've gotten some comments about it being partially because of the very specific timing and how it could be it could be like a... A, a triggering mechanism to get the Aurelius family over the over the hump, basically. I th- I think that's a good point. I still am totally I'm I'm still a little bit skeptical of why it's so important, but but I'll I'll concede that. Um, another one that I think multiple people have talked about that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in this book also is something about Ethan kind of hiding his power. But but we'll we'll talk about that in Ghostwater. So, okay, those are the in comments in depth that we were going to go into. Let's do let's do some highlights that we missed, that listeners mentioned that we wish we had talked about. Number one, we I don't think we talked about the bleeding phoenix rising, which is which I'm realizing now is crazy, because yeah. it was it was great, <laughs> the rising of the bleeding phoenix. 
a couple different parts of it. Um, and the fact that it's just like a, a natural disaster kind of thing yeah. for, yeah. I don't know, billions of people. And we get, we get not too much of an inside look, but some like disaster cleanup details, which is very, which is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little like FEMA response to the bleeding mm-hmm. Phoenix going up, which is pretty fun. Yeah. And great, and great scenes about the, the, the red light. And the, cool. the description cool. of the red light is also great. Like Lyndon talking about feeling like he's drowning in blood from this red light. It's not just visual. It like affects all the parts of his like spirit. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. good. Okay. Another highlight we missed. Uh, this was from a while ago, I think. This one's about Cassius. Cassius just crushing a bunch of high golds. I, where they I, realize where they realize who he is and they freak out and he does his little like movement technique and just like quickly kills I don't know six of them or something like that. We're loving it. I'll say we didn't talk about that in depth, but after your theory about Jai Chen, I just like quickly listed a bunch of cool shit from the end mm-hmm. of Black Flame. Cassius's fight was one of those things I listed, but yes, I did not spend a lot of time talking about how Cassius is like, hey, did you recognize me? You didn't recognize me, dog? And then she recognizes him and is like, oh, fuck, I got to get out of here. And he's like, no, 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 that's too late. That was incredible. Absolutely. That was a great moment. Another another moment that I generally think is really funny that we didn't talk about is the part about Orthos being a turtle. Um, That was funny. I don't know why. We haven't really mentioned Orthos. I, I'm going to go ahead and preview this. I'm going to talk about Orthos a good amount in Ghostwater, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here. But in a minute, in a minute, we'll hear more about Orthos. Another really cool scene from Skysworn that we didn't talk about is Ethan painting the location of the duel before anyone knows about it ahead of time. Another little like building up Ethan moment here. Yeah, just showing like how in command Ethan is of like literally everything so far pretty incredible and then the last highlight that i'm going to cover is we actually very briefly mentioned it and i'm not going to go too much more into detail but since it was such a good moment i'm going to bring it up again um a couple moments where fisher gesha stands up to ethan and is like you need to stop pushing these guys so hard but in like a really a really sweet way yeah yeah and then um it's in this it's in Ghostwater that we get some 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 teamwork between Gesha and Ethan that right. I don't know it was pretty it was pretty fun to see it was pretty excellent actually Fisher Gesha's character has grown on me significantly over time mm-hmm. at first I was like oh she's just kind of a cranky grandma figure but she's more of like a like a badass concerned grandma figure now well, I think she has the gr- she has the grandma vibe some of the time, mm. but then she also has like is more a part like she's not a main part of the team, obviously. Mm-hmm. But she f- she's more a part of the team than I'm than I want to like. I don't want to sideline her just with the grandma role. Okay, yeah, yeah. Part, that's, part, that's part of what I really liked about this. We're gonna. I'm going. I'm jumping into Ghostwater. Yeah, already, let's get into we'll come, it. We'll come back. Okay. 
this the scene with Fisher Gesha where she um, shoots Long Hook with the cannon and surprises, and and Ethan has that great great line about his ultimate technique being the the ambush, um, and they have a little back and forth like discussion about whether the construct hold up or held up and it, it's it's very it's very they're on this kind of like they're on the same level here. yeah they're cooperating here it's not just ethan telling fisher gesha what to do they're like putting their two heads together to figure out how to make the construct even better in the future they're doing some like collective problem solving immediately after just demolishing long hook out of the sky Immediately after this construct just, like, blasting this guy into next Tuesday, they're like, oh, okay, we need to do this and this to fix it. And then, and but yeah, they were doing a lot of, like, teamwork. So, yes, right. definitely Fisher Gesha is, like, a part of the team. She's not just the grandma who's concerned about Lyndon and Yaren. She's, like, a part of the, of the team. And an important part, I think, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I think we're, I think we're going into Ghostwater. Is that yeah. true? We're definitely going into ghost water. Okay, let me let me say if we're if we're done with comments about previous stuff, let me say again, um, if you want to get involved and have us bring up your comments on the show, um, keep commenting on our our Reddit post that we're gonna make. Also, if you don't want to do that, feel free to email us dcbc at don'tcalledabookclub.com or tweet at us. Send us a DM. Our Twitter is at dcitabc. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Get at us. So this, this first comment that I want to talk about is not specific to Ghostwater, actually, but it's something that I'm realizing more and more matters in these books. Can we talk about how some how unfair it is that some gold signs are incredibly useful and others are purely aesthetic? For sure. So like Yaren gets two extra swords on her back. That's incredibly useful. We saw somebody with like eight tentacles coming out of their back that they were using to like Spider-Man through the city to get places quickly. Incredibly useful. So the Jai clan, as much as we hate them, gets helmet hair. That sounds at least a little bit useful. Linden's got red eyes. Black okay. eyes. You're right. Linden's got black eyes with red, you know, irises. Uh, some people get cloud hair. Some people get little clouds following them around. Some people have gloves. Some people's got some people have weird black gloves. Some people have yellow eyes. Cool. Yeah. I think Ugh. I think this needs to be something people consider when they're going to go down a path. People need to say, what is the gold sign for this thing? Yeah. That's definitely true. Oof. I so it's it doesn't you you don't have to necessarily do a remnant from your path. Like, yeah, I we, think we kind of saw what happened with, with Jai Long we, right. when that happened, right? And that okay, seems I, like a I bad thing. Jai move. Long got particularly unlucky, though. Okay, that's fair. Or, or lucky. I don't know. I'm yeah, not, we, I'm not we've yet to, to see how that out. plays out. 
Yeah, that's true. It, because because Jylong's gold sign was actually useful. Yeah, it helped him out. Like, bit down on a technique. But, um, yeah, you're definitely right. Some gold signs are... Yaren, Yaren's especially. Yaren's is fantastic. Yeah, I think Yaren's might be the best we've seen so far because it's so useful for her path right especially especially specifically for her path yeah it's incredible and it just seems like there should be better gold signs for some of these paths like maybe the red flower path gets a i don't know a gold sign where they can like shoot water out and help water the fields you know could be or maybe like Yaren, they get a little they get a little arm coming off the back but instead of a sword it's like a pitchfork or something mm-hmm. that could mm-hmm. be useful yeah definitely i just think it's a little unfair you know i would i would agree with you there ooh this is kind of unrelated what do we think the gold sign for a path of the white fox would be oh yeah we haven't seen that yet do we think it would ooh. be would we get a tail would we get a lot that's of that's what tails? i was going to say I was thinking a tail because the, the white fox, I think they're mentioned as having a bunch of tails. Mm-hmm. And as they level up, they get more tails. Yeah. 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 So maybe you just so sprout. Like a, right. So, so Yaren, Yaren, as she seems to be leveling up, she seems to be getting more arms. I think path of the white fox, the higher you get, the more tails. Right. That's, right. My, that's my guess. I, that's what I would guess too, actually. Okay. Okay. Okay, let me... I'm going to talk about the very first scene. Yeah. And this is the the guy from some out-of-the-way place who I think has absorbed a blood shadow. That's what it sounds and like. And has kind yeah. of taken over. And Lyndon comes in and, and uh, I guess saves everybody yeah Lyndon does a good job here but anyway um <laughs> he well he doesn't save everybody but he gets he saves most of them i think okay he 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 does his job well this really showed us that in this world where the people that are stronger than other people have just like absolute control in the in the more uncivilized areas like i think this is in the Black Flame Empire, but it's it's kind of in the in the boonies, you know. Mm-hmm. In the more uncivilized areas, some bad stuff is going on. Just because, like, the anyone who has more power can do whatever they want. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. I think Not we a need good... a lot more of a sky-sworn policing presence in other parts of the country. Yeah. Because there's some there is some atrocities happening out in the desolate wilds that nobody's nobody's talking about you know for sure for sure also in the scene we get our first look of linden from another person's perspective an enemy's perspective and linden looks really good he looks really cool yeah he looks at first stern like we've we've been told the whole book he looks like he's constantly glaring at everyone uh but then when he's dominating he sounds incredible Mm mm-hmm so we, I think Jai Chen also gives us a little bit of a picture of what Lyndon looks like, but yes, it's That's always true. very good to see Lyndon from somebody else's perspective because, mm-hmm. you know, we have a picture of what Lyndon looks like, 
but to get it from like an enemy's perspective is mm, so nice. It shows how our boys growing up, you know, <laughs> for sure. Um, let's move on a little bit in the story because there was a little detail that Lyndon mentioned that stuck out to me a lot, actually. Ren Fei, who is one of the Sky Sworn, rest in peace, uh, is presenting this present is presenting this diagram of ghost water and the kind of like structure of how it's it's organized. And it's like this hologram she pulls up. And Lyndon says, yeah, it's it's pretty good. But if that had a white fox binding, that would be incredible. You could hear the sound of the water and you could like see more detail. And he essentially says with this with a white fox binding would be so much cooler. What that means is that the saltsmiths in the Sacred Valley are using white fox bindings for things. And from what we know about a binding, it comes from somebody's remnant. Mm -hmm. So the places that a white fox binding can come from are either a sacred beast that's a white fox or a sacred artist on the path of the white fox. So that means when these saltsmiths from the Sacred Valley in the path of, or in the Way Clan are making these constructs with white fox bindings, they're coming from either their dead buddies or sacred foxes that they've murdered out in the woods. More likely the dead buddies thing, probably. That's pretty grim, I think. That's pretty it's pretty grim. dark. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that unusual for, for Cradle. Mm-hmm. But it, it's pretty dark from our perspective, yeah. Yeah, you're essentially like, hey, check out this new thing I made. I call it a Game Boy, and I used Keith over there, his dead body, to make it. <laughs> it's tough. It is tough. It's tough to Especially handle. Especially if you're going... Because the, there's a different level of things that you would want your... Like, if you were to die and leave a remnant... There's different things that you might want your remnant to go towards or not go towards. So pretty, we, we've heard a few times of like weapons that have been made. I forget, I forget what weapon it is, but I think in this book we hear some weapon Sue, that was made. The bow that Mercy uses is made from a, yeah. a remnant. Yeah. Yeah. Like a really, like a herald or something like that. That's pretty cool. But I don't want to go towards like a, a, I don't, like you said, a Game Boy. I don't, that's not, that's not what I'm choosing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you have much of an option. Right. Your friends have to be powerful, I think, in order for it to, it to choose where you're going. Because we saw when, when Lyndon kills the gold dragon and she teleports away, her remnant, they, like, usher off to be made into something dope. Mm -hmm. Which, like, yeah, you would want your remnant to go to something dope, okay? You don't want it to be, like, a VCR, right? I don't want my white fox binding to be a part of a VCR because it's going to be useful for, like, two years, and then it's garbage. No, you can't give those things away, okay? For sure, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe you put that in your will in this world, 
Yeah. You just you have a do. list of cool things that your your binding can go in. Like if you I mean if you like design, if you've got the blueprints, then it's got it they've gotta do it. Because it's like, oh now I don't even have to do research. I can just follow this. I can just, that's yeah, that's a good move. Pop that binding out and throw it some AirPods and boom, we're good to go. Yeah. That's what I like to be. Okay. My my next note is once we get into Ghostwater. Mm. The actual, the pocket world. Mm-hmm. And that's the the very first part. We were meeting all these new true golds that are really powerful. It's kind of tense, but it's not there yet. And then our boy, the new Akura, just casually, absolutely murders Rinfei. Yeah, this is my first note from this section too. A mood setter here. It was terrible. This, I, okay, so none of the Skysworn are very cool in my book. They're all kind of assholes to our, our cool squad. But Ren Fei, I was kind of into. Because Ren Fei mm-hmm. seemed like a little bit more relatable than her, like, partner in the Skysworn. Mm-hmm. And she seemed like she kind of cared about our squad a little bit. Like, she had that moment with Mercy where she was like, yeah, I'm really tired. This kind of sucks. And so I kind of I kind of felt for Renfei a little bit. Her dying was kind of kind of rough, you know. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I'm as Lyndon was like, yeah, I didn't want her to die, but she was kind of a dick to me. And I I get that, Lyndon, but I'm not quite as like I don't really care that much about it. Also, the way that she died sounded so bad. I it was just so casual. Right. She just kind of fell apart. With nothing, like absolutely no warning, yeah. essentially. Like, like Harmony does just raises a couple fingers and his shadow blade just slices her in half. Oof. That, the, the other thing with that scene is we get, we get a couple moments, I'm going to bring one up later, that just shows how shitty the Black Flame Empire is. Because Rinfei and Harmony are on the same advancement level. Yeah, but he kills golds. her by raising his fingers and she doesn't even know it. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, it it very you're right. It very much set the tone for the whole Ghostwater experience because as soon as she's dead, it's Lyndon and Orthos against people who are like about Harmony's level. Nobody is on Harmony's level, but people who are like close enough to be in there with him and linden's low gold this gets back to something that i was talking about last episode that i was getting pretty hype about and i'm gonna get pretty hype about again linden is never fighting anyone his own advancement level this book is only like the second or third time linden has ever fought somebody that's his advancement level and that's when he just leveled up to true gold at the very I, end. I don't even think that counts. It doesn't count at all. Lyndon is constantly punching above his weight and he's crushing it. Okay? Lyndon deserves all the props he can get. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. The fact that people aren't terrified of this guy in the outside world is absurd. People should be like like Elder Whitehall where they're constantly like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Something's wrong with you. People everywhere should have heard of Lyndon. People should be like, this guy's wild. He's crazy, okay? For sure, for sure. Yeah, 
Okay, we we got to save up the the get hype for Linden moments because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. We'll let come me back. let me say briefly on this moment, Harmony. Like you're such an asshole. <laughs> no question. Yeah, you're just you're just you're trying to meditate and people are like talking, so you murder them. Relax, man. That's what meditating is for. Yeah, okay. you're kind of doing it wrong, Harmony. <laughs> I will say this. Harmony is also one of the few characters we see actually flex in the way that Lyndon is constantly talking about people flexing in this world. Like, Lyndon's constantly talking about how if somebody above his advancement level killed him, he would his family would be forced to apologize for inconveniencing this person who's higher than him. And we haven't really seen anybody do that kind of a flex. Harmony does that flex. Harmony's like, yeah, I can do that. I will murder anybody, and they'll apologize to me, I'm sure. Harmony is that flex. And so at least it gives some credence to Lyndon and Ethan, for that matter, constantly saying, oh, yeah, I would have to apologize to this family if... They murdered you mm-hmm. for wasting their time. Harmony, Harmony is the example that we've that we've talked about a couple of times of the reason that people are terrified of like high level people is because of people like Harmony. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right after this is Yaren's scene where she gets super pissed at Bairu, or however we're announcing his name, and just goes after him with all she can, with all, all she has. And I love a, I love a Yaren fight. Yaren fights are very fun to read. Absolutely. With that being said, <laughs> I don't, this, <laughs> I can't tell the difference between her techniques. You're talking about Endless Sword versus, uh, Endless sword, flowing sword, all of these guys. I know the one that she rings like a bell that she was working on at the end. Yeah. That's and like, it explodes. That's the endless that's, sword. That's the endless sword. That's the one that stands out to me. All of the other ones, I kind of just feel like she's swinging a sword. Okay. It's really cool. I, I need I need someone to explain it to me because I don't get it. I got you, Luke. I got you, Luke. Here it is. Okay. okay. So the ruler technique is the endless sword, right? And that's where mm-hmm. she can make all the sword aura, which is actually force aura, uh, in the in the area, like explode out and cut a bunch of stuff. Then she's got the like, I don't think it's called the flowing sword, but it's the flowing something. That's an enforcer mm-hmm. technique. And I think this is the first time we've seen it so far in the series. Basically, what it does is it powers up her physical sword to make it hit things harder. So her sword becomes more powerful when she's like striking things with it with this enforcer technique that she has. And she says over time, it gets more powerful. So it kind of like builds up over time and becomes more and more strong the more she hits stuff with it. So then she's got the rippling sword right which is her striker technique and this one i kind of envision her cutting in the air and like a arc of like silver light going forward and it just like cutting whatever is like in a straight line from where she slashes in the air so it's kind of like a mm, i'm sure there's a video game analogy here 
I'm missing mm-hmm. it. It's not there. Uh, but yeah, it's like a it's like a long range cut. She can cut things that are far away. I'll say this: they're all pretty similar so far. It's yeah. all it's all. Hey, you want to cut something? Oh, we'll cut something so good. <laughs> How do you want to do it? But then again, okay. she is on a sword path, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. That's helpful. I. But okay. Her. Her fight scenes are very cool. We love Yaren's fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. In the when we get to the highlights, Luke, we'll be talking about a lot of fight scenes. <laughs> okay. One one little note. I forget where exactly it's it's said. I think Harmony says this in his like inner monologue at some point where he says or essentially tells us that sages and heralds ascend instead of staying to become a monarch. I don't I don't have anything on that now. It's just a note for maybe some kind of later thing to talk about. I also have this note because we also get from North Strider, who is a monarch at the very end, he's talking about how there are people beyond this world. So he knows about the Abadan. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like monarchs don't go on to become a part of the Abadan. At least that's what I'm drawing from this. I'm sick because in this world, it sounds like monarchs are the top mm-hmm. of everybody else. So if you're going to ascend beyond monarch, that to me seems like you've got to be going, you got to be leaving Cradle. It seems like you, once you get to Sage or Herald, you get the opportunity. Maybe you, maybe you meet someone from a different world or maybe you already know about it, but you get the opportunity to leave and become an Abadan or maybe something else. And the people that stay are the monarchs. And you can stay and be like, no, I'm going to become a monarch. Yes. I mean, obviously it's not, you're not, that decision doesn't turn you into a monarch or we would, all the sages would be monarchs, I'm assuming. But that's, that's kind of my read of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's also an important distinction here between sages, heralds, and monarchs and everybody else that we get in this book. Because here we're, we're getting way more of the like spatial differences so ghost water is a pocket world there's a void key that you can create a little box in the middle of seemingly nothing there are portals there's a uh, what we're like a gate stone Mm -hmm. that you can teleport there's a lot of spatial teleportation happening in this book all of these things have to be created by a sage or above so that to me is like linking together to the ability to like manipulate space with somebody who could potentially either like leave Cradle or maybe like knows about the Abadan. Um, because too, at the very beginning of this series, the first person who causes Surreal to come in to Cradle is somebody who teleports out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So that to me says maybe they're like on about the same level as sages heralds and and maybe monarchs because all these people seem to have some like grip on manipulating space in a weird way you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah yeah 
but we definitely got to keep an eye on that. Like, what's what's going on with monarchs? Because they seem very different from everybody else. Right. So, in this in this in Ghostwater, so in Ghostwater we get introduced to what I think is uncontroversially known as a fan favorite, and that's Dross. Mm-hmm. Were you getting major like Wheatley from Portal Two vibes? Okay, so someone else linked me to this. I had never played Portal Two. <clears throat> I <clears throat> I went back and watched the video, and to me, I think the the cadence that I heard from Wheatley in the way that he talked is is how I imagined Dross, but the the voice was different. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is is that what's what's your so what's your inner inner voice for Dross? Like? My inner voice for Dross is Wheatley, because <laughs> I played Portal Two before reading this book, and it it just like stuck out so much to me the similarities between Dross and Wheatley. Obviously, Dross is actually like I think benevolent, uh, and Wheatley seems Whoa. Wheatley seems to maybe not be as benevolent. Um, but I was getting huge Wheatley vibes. The other vibes I was kind of getting were maybe like a little bit of C3PO vibes where Mm. he's he's like telling you probabilities that you probably don't want to hear. Um, so yeah, I was getting a lot of Wheatley and C3PO vibes from Dross, which we love. We're very into Dross uncontroversially. Yeah. Yeah. Dross is great. Dross is another another Ethan type of character where he, like in a book full of people that are super serious, Dross and Ethan are the really the only two funny ones. So in my opinion so far. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we're very excited to see a little Dross Ethan interaction. Right. Because you're going to be that. I, I feel like I we're going to get some the, razzing of, of Ethan. Yeah. In the last episode we were, we were looking for someone to do some razzing of Ethan We'll we'll see how that turns out. Um, okay, let's stay let's stay on this little area where we first meet Dross. And what I'm going to talk about here is Lyndon gets super hungry and has to go out and like risk everything just so he can get a little meal. Mm-hmm. And I know that Lyndon's pack was destroyed, and like he lost a lot of things. But he didn't lose everything. You don't have some granola bars in your pockets, Lyndon, Where's the who Im- is always prepared. And I know you have cargo pants. You've got. I know one of your pockets is granola bars. One of your pockets and just granola bars. One of your pockets has a Nature Valley oats and honey granola bar that is just dust at this point because of how long <laughs> you've had it. It's just. It's just dust and crumpled oats. But you, you're for sure busting that open and pouring out the remnants into your mouth and crunching down on that. For sure. For sure. Linden is um, the person that they made cargo pants for, Luke. <laughs> Linden's got cargo pants, a fanny pack, all of it. Zip. His, his pants are the zip. The, you can zip off in their shorts now. It's versatile. Incredibly versatile. It's versatile. great. It's great. Um, this this leads me to some personal news 
Oh. And that is, Dan, I have finally perfected my granola bar recipe. Oh, wow. Wait, homemade custom granola bars? Homemade custom granola bars. My recipe perfected this week. I figured it out. It's fantastic. Is that going to be... Just... Are we putting that on the... on the site? Are we putting that in the with the episode description? Or where's that recipe going up, Luke? Ooh. Ooh. Uh well, if, if you want the recipe, we'll tweet if you it. want the recipe, comment. If you yeah, if you want the recipe, comment on the Reddit post. We will also tweet out the recipe. So follow <laughs> us on Twitter. You'll get uh We're we're starting a food blog now too. Okay. Um that was just and then okay. The next, the, the part of this that also is really cool, another, another cool Linden moment, when he goes out and he, he's fighting these fish guys. The scene that's super cool is he's got one, he's got one on his hand, and then he just like cycles black fin and tears it apart. He tears it in half. It's incredible. He's got like two hands on its mouth, like one on its upper part of the mouth and one on its lower jaw and rips it in half that's so dope if you don't think that's so dope get your get your health checked dude it's incredible it's incredible okay the i want to stick with dross for a little bit longer because we find out at the end of this book dross is like north striders attempt to recreate the presences that the Abadan have. And he's trying to do this. It There's like a lot of parallels to like modern artificial intelligence research that were coming in with uh, Dross and how they were trying to create Dross. And I actually thought this was an excellent like representation of how AI research has progressed over time. Because, like, at first, when Northstrider's trying to get Dross created, essentially, I'm going to call the grand design Dross from now on because Dross mm-hmm. is, like, this AI that gets created. But for a long time in, like, our world, AI research was trying to just, like, give computers, a bu- like, a bunch of memory and just have it store a big list of things. And then maybe if they gave it enough memory, it would work. And then we moved on to, like, actually trying to hard code a lot of the instructions into computers and maybe maybe we could just give it enough directions that it would figure out you know how to do enough enough things it would figure out how to put the things together in the right ways Um, but like modern ai research is essentially what created dross it's this idea that you just have to give it a bunch of information and have it put the make the connections itself and over time, if you like keep feeding it information, eventually it will develop this like, what I'm gonna say is like grand AI, this like realistic AI. And so the fact that like Dross was sitting in a, a pool for like 50 years, just like soaking in information. And then at the very end, he like collects in all of the data from the, the tree is like, I think pretty realistic to how modern AI sees that that process. So like great job, Will. Okay. Okay. As someone who doesn't know anything about that, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Trust me, Luke. I uh got a degree in computer science, so I know what Not I'm talking brag. about. Not okay. To brag. <laughs> 
Okay. Let's this I'm going to say be okay, before his fight with Akiri. Akura? Oh, wait. Oh, these people have names that are kind of similar. You're talking about the dragon. The dragon. I'm talking about Akura Harmony. I'm talking Akiri the Golden Dragon. Yes. Yeah. Before his fight and I think it's right before then that Dross and Orthos are having a little back and forth on Lyndon's odds. I'm not really going to talk about that, but in this scene, um, Orthos is super worried. Or not, uh, no, 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 he's not super worried, but he's very serious, right? Mm-hmm. But he's confident. Mm-hmm. And Little Blue, who we have not talked about very much, is like super worried. And little very small, very small detail. Orthos like puts his leg down, gets little blue up on his on his on his shoulder, and they watch the fight together. I think it's fantastic that Orthos and Little Blue are like kind of friends. It's great. The contrast between those two creatures is incredible. They're li- like they're as far apart as you can be, but they're buddies. They're the best of friends. Yeah. Yeah. It is very sweet. I also really like that. Yeah. Okay, and this this might be a this might be a highlight, but I just have that his fight with with Akiri is dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get I don't want to get too into it right now because once I start okay. going on this stuff, we're gonna be we'll end the episode with all the highlights because it's a ride. Okay. But I want to okay. I want to get some other uh, other comments in before we get there because I think once we okay. get there, it's gonna be off the rails. For sure. Okay, let me talk about a completely a, a Yaren scene then. Mm-hmm. And that's when they first go into the like Akura uh, mm. area, I guess. They're like fortress in the middle of the island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's this is another another kind of like recalibration scene where we get a view of the outside world outside of Black Flame Empire. And that's his name is his name is Old Man Low. And he's like the he's just like the servant kind of guy that's out there that greets um Mercy. And it's like, oh this guy's just kind of a scrub. And he talks he 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 talks to the to the Golden Dragons and unveils his his veil and he's an overlord and this guy's the servant big perspective changing moment here yeah the akura clan beats all ass the akura clan is incredible and he's not only like a servant but he's like the best servant did you catch the scene where the sage, the Akura sage, is talking with Yaren, and she, like, asks for a map, I think, or something, and just holds out her hand, and this guy's there instantly with this map and puts it in her hand and is gone in the next instant. That's a servant in the Akura clan. Not bad. Incredible. Incredible stuff. We need to, we need to see more of this Akura clan, I think. Mm-hmm. We'd love to see more. Um, okay, Luke, we're at the, we're at the end of, uh, end of Ghostwater. Linden sees this tree 
that's been collecting memories for like ever, right? And Nora Strider reveals that the tree was built because maybe once you put all these experiences together, you'll make one of these cool AIs. You'll make a dross. Do you think there's also like a like a secondary objective where Nora Strider's just trying to get the best blackmail of all time on people? Because he's got like 2,000 of these orbs that have been bouncing around the world that have been constantly taking in stuff. And he can stop and look at the explicit memories that these orbs have. He's got to have some great blackmail, right? Yeah, this is like... Taking one of these orbs is like logging onto Facebook and clicking I accept, right? Because you're getting, you're, you're doing all these cool things with it. And then later on, somebody's like, hey, you know that they've been like keeping your information and it's kind of bad, right? That's, that's what, I, there's going to be, there's going to be a moment later in this series that this plays a role, I think. <laughs> Where North Strider starts advertising to everybody. He starts coming up with targeted ads. Really specific ads. And they're like, whoa, I did not even realize that I was thirsty right now. Thank you, North Strider. Yeah, yeah, there's for sure going to be a moment. I'm I'm so here for it. (laughs) This is, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, But okay, wait. I, I have to bring us back. I've got a okay. lot of notes between between okay, 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 between okay. now and then. Take us back. Let me first just say, Yaren gets absolutely shafted in this book because Lyndon's just... This is a cheating book. Lyndon is just going through and absolutely cleaning up. Yeah, this level up is huge for Lyndon. It's a big deal. And I feel bad for Yaren because Yaren doesn't end up advancing. And okay, let me, let me, I'm not going to say that Lyndon's was cheating because he did earn a lot of this, right? Yeah, it Cyrus sounded terrible. Cyrus kind of thing. It sounded terrible, yeah. Right. So, so we'll say that. Um, Yaren's advancement is really cool where she again puts herself at the most risk possible. And I love the little scene where she's practicing a technique on one of the dragons and the dragon is like, are you freaking practicing a technique on me? Yeah, Luke, this is a highlight. That scene is incredible. Okay, that's, there's a highlight that, that I've taken off the board. That scene is so good. <laughs> okay, let me, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back into Ghostwater. Lennon gets to the spirit well, or I don't know the names of them. Uh, dream well, spirit with... well, life well. Okay, he gets back to the spirit well, and ZL is there. I don't know how it's pronounced. I was going ZL. Okay, ZL is interesting, and I don't and I don't think that's a controversial opinion, but such a bro in this, and I think that there's a lot going on that we might learn more about because I don't know why he's being so helpful. Because no one's ever helpful in this series. Unless you're like Ethan or you're on the same team. Mm-hmm. There's got and then and then we also get a scene with the Beast King where he kind of makes it makes it seem like he has an investment in Yaren and 
mercy, but I don't know what that is yet. Right, right. I think, so part of it might have to do with the fact that they're taking on the dragons right Mm. now because the Mm -hmm. Beast King is counter to the dragons and Ziel is counter to the dragons too. And so that could be a part of it is the fact that they're enemies of the dragons. So like enemy of my enemy is my friend to an extent. Ziel also has huge Yaren energy, though, where he's constantly talking about how this great shit that he did back in the past when people bring up little things to him that they're doing right now. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, you're trying to get up to high gold, Linden. I had uh, two pills this big once that took me up to true gold. They were so cool. So dope. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's got like slightly different Yaren energy though because he sounds <laughs> I was like, going to say it's a little different it's a little different Yaren energy because he sounds kind of like wistful about it he sounds like <laughs> yeah that was cool but like I'm kind of just lame now <laughs> let me let me beat these fishes to a pulp real quick <laughs> let me make a got... fish smoothie out here right I've got a little I think ZL is being a bit weird here because, okay, okay, here, here's, here's, here's my thing. ZL is super against Linden, like, never taking a break and working super hard just for the purposes of advancement because he's like, you need more than that. It never ends. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not all about this. But if that's the case, like, ZL, go do something else then like you go work in a restaurant and do your thing if you're if you're super against like working super hard in the sacred arts now right well i think he was more saying like you shouldn't do sacred arts just for their own sake like do it for another reason Mm -hmm. like that's you shouldn't just be doing sacred arts to be good at sacred arts you should be doing sacred arts so you can open the best restaurant in all the Black Flame Empire. Like, have a reason other than just the sacred arts, right? Like, right. practice chopping onions not to be the best onion chopper, but to make the best tacos. Okay, that's a good point. That's fair. Now I'm now I'm now I'm curious to see what his what his motivation is. Yeah, he he's, I like like you mentioned that he's against since he's with the Beast King, he's probably against the dragons, but I don't think that that's good enough. I agree. Yeah. I I'm trying to figure out his motivations too because we learn he's a part of like the Dawn, I think the Dawnwing sect. He's like the lord of the Dawnwing sect is what the Beast King or, calls it. Or at least that he was. Yeah. And so it sounds like he was incredibly powerful. I mean, he was for sure incredibly powerful at one point because even in his like very crippled state, he's able to destroy fools. And yeah. So it sounds like he is trying to like regain his abilities and the Beast King is trying to help him do that. But why? I don't know. Right? Like okay. it's an interesting question. There's a lot of mystery about ZL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, like, just get a lighter hammer, dude. (laughs) 
If you can't carry that one, it's fine. Just get a lighter one. That's a very good point. Um, There's another question that I have related to the kind of competition that's going on in Ghostwater. Because there were two more groups that were supposed to show up and send their students in or their true golds in. And that was the Nine Cloud Core and the, oh, like Wave Walker or the True Wave Core or some other sect was supposed to send a true gold in. And they didn't because the, I think because the portal was destroyed. And so there was no point in them even showing up. But there was another portal that I think everybody knew about. Yes. So, I, so I, I think that everyone was waiting on this group to show up to start. Mm-hmm. And once the portal gets destroyed, they're like, okay, whatever, we'll just go ahead and start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that those two, those two groups that were supposed to come didn't come because of it being destroyed. Okay. I think that maybe they were, they were running, everyone just assumed that they were running late. And they're like, whatever, we're going to go ahead and get started. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're chalking it up to the portal being gone. Yeah. But my guess is that there's a different thing. Because you're right. Like, that's not a big enough reason for you guys not to come. Luke, exactly. So then we've got to come up with a reason for why they didn't show up. Hmm. Luke, uh, I've got an idea for why they might not have shown up. Okay, Luke. So we, we have to come up with a reason why they didn't show up because they still could have entered Ghostwater. They were in there for months. So mm-hmm. at they could have shown up late and there's probably still a bunch of cool stuff. As we saw from Linden, there's a bunch of cool stuff in Ghostwater to take advantage of. So why didn't they ever show up? In this book, we're learning that there's a competition about to happen. And this competition is going to be extremely important and determine a lot of things in the future. But everybody's focus right now is on Ghostwater and what's happening there. And there's a bunch of underlords and monarchs paying attention to what's happening at Ghostwater. Maybe because it's a prelude to this competition, sure. But that means they're not paying attention to these other two groups that are out there in the world doing something else unrelated to Ghostwater. When Lyndon was about to participate in a competition against a bunch of other people what did he do the very first competition the very first you're talking about the way clan little tournament Mm -hmm. that linden goes in and like sets up a little trap to use linden setting up traps in the competition think about it luke everybody's attention is focused on this little ghost water spot that's little potatoes okay nobody's gonna really care who wins the ghost water thing but this big competition sounds incredibly important. So if I'm from the Nine Cloud Core or that other sect, and I know I'm going to be competing against everybody in a little bit in this other competition, I'm for sure setting a bunch of traps on the on the stadium floor. I'm I'm burying a few remnant wasps down there. You know, I'm setting up some some sweet traps. So so I think they intentionally didn't show up. I think they never intended to show up because they're trying to get an edge on this future competition okay okay and that probably doesn't take the that probably doesn't take the form of burying little traps in the ground that's more of a metaphor i mean 
We if, saw okay, okay, maybe maybe we whatever, saw a launcher this... construct from Fisher Gesha that blasted an Underlord out of the sky. Okay. <laughs> they could okay. be burying these in the floor of whatever competition place that they're that they're doing. Could be. Could be. We'll keep an eye on it. Okay, before we get to highlights, I want to do a little orthos section. Oh, yeah, we need to. Because this is a big orthos book. And I don't know if I had warmed to orthos before this book that much. He didn't seem like that, at least in my opinion, he wasn't that big a part of it. And I hadn't quite grown as attached to him as I did in this book. Mm -hmm. Because orthos has some great moments in this book. He's just, because he starts out as an old man, he's slowly, he's slowly just like getting better. We're seeing more of, more of peak Orthos. He's getting and, better. And he's like, he's dealing with Linden in a way that's much more like kind of caring and concerned. Like he's mentoring mm -hmm. Linden much more in this book, which we yeah. love to see. Yeah. Much, much better of a mentor, mentor relationship here. And he's just so happy. This, when he drinks, when he okay. drinks from the life well, you mean? That, or that yes, a lot, a lot of moments. Yeah, yeah. The, I think one of my favorite moments in this book is when Lyndon's like, I think Orthos has been fighting with the Sea Drakes because he keeps coming, he keeps coming back in with like a super happy look on his face and like scratches all over himself. That. Just that like bonded me to Orthos so much. That felt to me like after I take my dog on a hike and she's like hyped up and super animated. I just, that was a great Orthos moment for me. After that, I'm all in on Orthos. Yeah. Yeah. Orthos was incredible this book. Not like he had incredible fights. Don't get me wrong. The fights with Orthos were great. But it was more the dialogue with Orthos mm -hmm. that connected me to him, where he is like encouraging Lyndon and he's got this like complete confidence in him when he's talking to Dross. That's just like you guys are you guys are pretty tight, you and Lyndon. That's you're actually like helping him out in a pretty major way. Way to go. Way to go, Orthos. I was kind of wondering So Orthos is a big turtle, right? Mm-hmm. How's he doing a backflip? I I'm having a really hard time picturing Orthos doing a backflip because I'm imagining a turtle. And sure, this turtle is like really strong and not obviously not slow, but I'm having a hard time watching it spin and do a backflip in the air. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's just the fact that Orthos is a turtle makes it a little hard for me to picture some of the acrobatics that he's doing in these fights. I think that that's fair. It's it's hard to do with with a a story like this because Orthos's body that I'm picturing it is just not capable of this kind of thing. But we're in a world where he can do like a bunch of he can do like the burning cloak right and do some some explosive movements but he also seems pretty agile and i think that that's just like we don't have 
we don't have that, <laughs> which sounds obvious, but like, I don't, I agree with you. I don't know how to picture it either. And I'm not doing, I'm not taking in the argument about like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I'm not where like those guys are mostly human with a little tiny shell. That's not, I'm not even entertaining that. Definitely not. If you're no. sending me that comment, take it away. Just delete that one. We we don't want that one. Every other comment, hit us with it. But Orthos <laughs> is not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Okay. It's absurd. Speaking of speaking of Orthos and this scene we get where he essentially goes from an old dying turtle to a fresh right out the egg ready to destroy some fool's fighting machine. This comes from the life well, right? And Lyndon sees that for him, at this time, it doesn't really do anything. Like, it's a good drink. It's very refreshing. I'm sure Luke would really love the taste of this mm -hmm. water because uh, it tastes like green tea. Luke, come on, get together. <laughs> but it doesn't help him out that much. Yet... He sees it essentially give Orthos eternal life. And we find out when he gets down into North Strider's chamber, he's only got one vial of it. Are you, are you kidding me, dude? Linden. Linden. Take some of your monster energy drink vials. Dump them out all over the floor because that's garbage compared to what's in this life well. You've not seen anything like this before. Right. Linden. And this is the one that's like the most valuable. Dross is like, oh, almost nobody got this one. This one is like, oh boy, really good. And Lyndon's like, I'll just take I'll just take the one. Yeah, okay, okay. Let's let's put some numbers to this. Lyndon's got let's let's say Lyndon's got 30 vials. Uh he's splitting it up. He's he's going like 15, 14 the first two. And like one on the last one. That's insane. Is what, it, is, is what, is That's what, what I'm, he's doing. Is my yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, but he's also got, okay, we should say this. He's also got gigantic jugs that used to be filled with regular water that he's replaced. Huge jugs. Okay. And he has one vial of this immortal life elixir. Okay. Right. That's how Lyndon's the, rocking this right now. The, the first one that gives super good focus Sure, that's good. But like you described it as a night's sleep in a jar. That's not good enough to compare. I mean, maybe it's good in a pinch, but you could get the same thing from a night's sleep. Right, right. The, the next one is, I mean, you can get the same thing in like tons of pills, right? That's not unheard of. But this life well? You see not... Orthos go from like an 800-year-old dying turtle to like brand new. Mm -hmm. This is like reversing the aging process. Linden. Linden. All the other stuff goes on the ground at that point. 
It's all gone. Bye. You can, you can sell little spoonfuls of this one and get tons of the other things. The Jai Clan Underlord? Here, have a spoonful of this life elixir that will cure you of all of your shit. Give me all of your things, too, for it. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, the Jai Clan... I mean, okay, it's too late for them, obviously. But the Jai Clan is giving you everything they own for a sip of this. 100% they are. Yeah, yeah. The other. I didn't, okay. I didn't even have notes on this, but you're totally right. The other crazy thing about this is that Lyndon is drinking the water from the dream well over time. So he is emptying vials that contain this water. It's not even like he would have to pour out a bunch of it. He could just say, oh, I've got 10 empties from... It's... Okay. Yeah, but then you'd have to clean it and... <laughs> this is not... This is not a water bottle that you get that you can just throw in the recycling and forget about it, okay? We need to be reusing these vials. <laughs> okay? You can't just crush it and expect it to disappear into nothing, okay? Crush what a waste. What a waste. Oh. <laughs> All right, you want to get to, I have, we've gone long and I have a lot of highlights. Okay, yes, we're, we're getting into highlights now. Okay. Um, first highlight, I think it's funny how the dragon is like stereotypically greedy kind of thing. Early uh, on in this. I didn't even catch that, but that's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Um, a ton, of, a ton of Dross highlights. We talked about Dross a good bit, but but tons of little Dross highlights. One of my favorites is when he is describing the good things about the like the first well. And one of them is you can freeze it and as ice cubes and make your drink glow purple. A good little Dross moment. But there's countless other ones. Dross is incredible. Uh, the, the other one that sticks out to me is when at the very end Dross finally levels up and becomes this AI who can freeze time and like plan out uh, a fight. I don't know if you saw this movie, but there was a Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. that came out like a long time ago where he fights like a boxer in the ring. And the scene from it that everybody remembers is him saying discombobulate when he's like smacking him upside the head in this like slow motion replay. That scene was just like, a constant in my head when Dross was like stopping time and having him like go through this fake fight to figure out how to beat it was just that discombobulate scene from that Sherlock movie. Uh, If you haven't seen that scene, just do a quick YouTube search. It's pretty funny actually. Um, Okay. We'll, we'll do. uh, Also Ethan's fight with long hook. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. The uh, Basically, all of my highlights in this book are going to be about the fights that happen because the fights in this book are top notch. They're so good. The fight with Ethan and Longhook, the, okay, obviously the first one is incredible when he blasts him out of the sky, but the second one where he's like, we got a good little space from us and the other people and just shreds him. Absolutely shreds him. Incredible. Yeah. That one, that one was good. It was very good to see, even after we've gotten, we've gotten hints of Ethan, like not, not using his true power and hiding it a little bit. Finally, we get to see that. Yeah. Oh, hey, he actually is really good. 
Oh, he's incredibly powerful. Like we still <laughs> don't even know what the limits yeah, are yet. I'm, I'm now very curious like where he is because he's an underlord, I'm, I'm mm. assuming. Mm-hmm. But I, there's a pretty wide gap between underlords, I think. And I have no idea where Ethan is. Yeah. Because he's pure. They talk about how pure Madra is like not for combat. And but. he mentions too how much he has to use in order to make these like things work. Like everybody who fights him is like, he's got to be burning through like so much Madra to make this happen. And he seems fine with it. He seems totally cool <laughs> with it. One quick aside. Do you, I think the hardest thing about writing these books might be Will having to continue come up with new words for like using a ton of Madra because it's <laughs> it happens it's, literally all the time. <laughs> he's 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 practically bleeding Madra. All of these all of these words i am very he's like trying to wring more madra out of a towel that's dry and like yeah he's coming up with all these metaphors yeah so many it's great um okay great fight with ethan next highlight that's much less significant void key perfect for linden yes linden can finally take the pack put the pack down take off his fanny pack Maybe swap out the cargo shorts for something else. Although, you know he's not gonna, right? That, no, he's keeping the bag. That void closet is gonna get filled up to the brim, and then he's gonna just, like... He's gonna turn into a hoarder, I think. Where That's true. He's gonna be the same level of constantly, like, carrying everything around with him. It's just, he's also gonna have a closet that is stuffed to the top with other shit. Which, like, that sounds great. Congratulations, great, Linden. Yeah. Uh, Linden's fight with uh, the first true gold that he beats, the dragon. Uh, what was her name again? Akiri. Akiri. Linden's fight with Akiri when he defeats her might have been my favorite fight that we've read so far. Okay. I loved this fight scene. We're combining like Linden's insane combat ability with his like willingness to sacrifice and get like take a hit to get the hit on somebody else and how he just like he utilizes an empty palm and it's just like all these things coming together in this fantastic fight scene we loved it incredible and it's somebody who's two levels of advancement above him linden incredible this is like if he had beaten jai long right oh i think more so more so right because i th i think that like everyone in here is very high on the true gold scale right so this is like a top level true gold that linden is beating yeah it's fantastic it's so incredible i love it you love to see a critical empty palm the, love to see it. yeah because it takes everybody off guard mm-hmm so good uh also the fight with the with akura harmony mm -hmm. also incredible those two were like fighting for for top spots for me yeah okay that that one's definitely a highlight the you mentioned it already the 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 little dross thing 
where he comes up with a battle plan and then Lyndon does it to perfection. I that's a great scene. That scene's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Just be, especially cuz I really like that the plan the description of the plan that Dross gives us takes up a lot. Like it takes up several pages, I think. And then the actual the actual implementation is like a paragraph because Lennon just does it so fast. Yeah. I loved it. So good. And the fact that Dross is like, okay, do this and then do this and then, oh, wait, nope, that one will kill you. Hold on, back up. Do this yeah. one instead. So good. So, so good. good. Um, okay. Yeah, Linden's yeah. Linden develops the soul cloak, which which at this is at the same time really lame, but also really cool. Like it sounds kind of it sounds kind of lame because it's like, yeah, it just makes me like really my movements are just good for when I'm using it. But also that's really that's really cool. Right. I yeah. bet you would be really good at basketball. When you're using the soul cloak. <laughs> yeah, I, I I almost wonder if because the soul cloak I see it as giving him like a similar ability to Yaren's steelborn body. Like to me it, it sounds pretty similar in that it's it's like basically strengthening him a lot and allowing him it's like strength and precision, whereas Black Flame is just like pure power. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I got it. I don't I don't think it's just strength, like, like it's strength, precision, um, graceful. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just okay, like that's all, a good point. I think I think all aspects of movement are just like better, and mm-hmm. maybe not individually as good as like the pure strength of the Steelborn, but everything is just better. Yeah, which he's got. He's got to look. He's got to look so good when he's fighting now, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the man looks incredible. The other thing that's incredible okay. about this is he is, so he eats all these fish that level up his body to be way stronger. What's not explicitly mentioned in this book is that when he uses the um, black flame cloak after he strengthened his body, he's no longer sucking down Madra to prevent his body, his like bones from breaking. Right. So now that he strengthened his body, they can actually like take the impact from all of this like um, enforcer technique that the black flame utilizes. And so he doesn't have to drain a bunch of Madra to heal constantly heal his like bones from breaking when he shoots 40 feet off into the distance. Uh, That's like an incredible feature that we didn't really like have explicitly mentioned anywhere. But it's like a huge power up for Lyndon that we loved. Yeah. Okay. That's a very good point. I didn't even think about it. Okay. Okay. Another one. I like that Ethan gives off the look of a spoiled brat. I th- I th- I think maybe it's Long Hook before their fight is like, oh, this guy probably has never even worked for the Sacred Arts. He looks like an idiot. I th- I l- I really like that because. Like Ethan obviously so much has, but but he also really kind of hasn't. Like Ethan also does act a little like a spoiled brat from what we've seen so far. I okay okay okay, that's true. But and I don't I don't think we know this yet. But I 
I feel like Ethan has gone through it. I think so too. And I also don't think we we've we've have any evidence of it, but you're right. I just feel like Ethan's gone through some shit. But mm-hmm. how he acts like with his family in the Black Flame Empire, like how he acts with the the clan there, he's kind of spoiled. Right. But I but think I I, I I like the con cuz I'm I'm assuming there's a contrast there and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we also, the little bit we give North Strider, incredible. North Strider mm-hmm. says like one word out loud in this scene at the very end. And he's just like, Akura Harmony? No. And leaves and leaves Akura Harmony to die. And that one no is incredible. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. also you have to think of what comes with that no. Like, he is potentially invoking the ire of the Akura clan right. for not helping out their disciple. Um, he is like, I don't know if he like knows that Akura Harmony is a dick or not, but but he's got to have some kind of sense that, that he's like kind of an asshole. And he's just like, mm, no, you're going to die. And I'm not even going to kill you. You're just going to die. Bye. So incredible. Great moment there. I'm I'm assuming that that's probably a lot of people's favorite moment for this book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would be my guess. Oh man. Yeah. And the the last highlight I have is just like the leveling in this book is choice. The Lyndon's leveling in this book is incredible. Where where we get. Linden going from low gold all the way up to true gold and getting Dross as this like cool AI thing that can help him out and this void closet thing he can use. Just like the level up we go, the the place we start and the place we end in this book are vastly different and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love where we're seeing yeah. our, our boy grow up. Definitely true. I've got, okay, I've got a few more highlights. One... This line from Yan Shu Mei, or however we're saying her name, the the lady with the blood shadow in in um, in the world, that doesn't make any sense. None. I don't, I thought that that was interesting. I don't have anything about it, but I'm I'm interested in it. And it's fascinating too because it seemed like it was going to be a fight, and then yeah. she just bounced out. What was she looking for? What was that? I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully we'll see. Hopefully we'll see. I would love to see. Okay. Uh, next. You get, every time you get a drop of ghost water, like you return one of the eyes of the deep, you get a drop of ghost water, but you also get a question. What a waste of a question, in my opinion, that Harmony uses, where he's like, how do I get to Underlord? You... I I'm going to take it that you're probably going to get to Underlord. I think you get a better question. That's it. I think okay. it just shows his co- Oh, but Luke, hold on. What was his second question? I don't think he did one. Well, he had two drops of ghost water, right? Oh. Oh, so he probably had a so this was his second question. Wait. So he put two he put two eyes of the deep into right. the tree 
And when he put the first one in, he asked a question and he got an answer. When he put dross in, we didn't see what happened after that. I'm assuming he got another question because he also got another drop of ghost water. Mm-hmm. What's that second question he's going with? Because here's the thing about it too. He, he like struggled for a long time to figure out what to ask the tree and him getting another stone, him getting another eye of the deep resolved that conflict because now he's got two questions. What was that second question? Yeah. I don't know. And I don't, I don't think we're going to say because he's probably dead. Maybe. Maybe. Right? I don't, okay. And anyway, we'll, 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 let's keep that one in our back pocket too. Okay. Uh, next one. Sword Sage, his memory of Yaren cutting rocks. So cute. Such a cute little father-daughter moment there. Yeah, so good. That's a good mentor right there. A lot of good mentorship moments in this book for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Another funny little moment is when we get to the the Emperor's quarters with Ethan and Fisher Gesha. She gets her reward and then leaves and everyone like relaxes. Very funny moment there. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then last little highlight. We haven't talked about her very much, but Mercy is just is such a delight. Mercy is just an absolute delight. 100% Mercy is an absolute delight. We also love how even when Mercy knows somebody is about to try and stomp them into dust, she's like, hey, my name's Mercy. What's your name? <laughs> it's like, you know they're not going to tell you, right? Because they're about to try and punch you in the face. Mercy, read the room a little bit. Granted, she obviously <laughs> knows what's going on. But we right. love that she's constantly trying to introduce herself. Yeah, I mean, networking. It's important. <laughs> Got to. Got to. Yeah, I, I also think it's funny how Lyndon and Yaren are still, like, not really opening up to her. Which it's like, you guys, she's the nicest person in the world. Yeah, but she's kind of one of those people who's a little bit too... She tries to be a little too involved, you know what I mean? Where, like, Lyndon and Yaren are kind of doing their own thing. They're cool with it. And then this person's like... Hey, when are we hanging out this weekend, guys? And you're like, oh. Yeah, but she's a delight. <laughs> yeah, but she's like a dis- she's like a train wreck waiting to happen, Luke. Come on. Uh, okay. She's also okay. a part of the like scary death cult family that a lot of people don't want anything to do with. Mm-hmm. Granted, they sound extremely powerful. <laughs> I I think if 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 I meet Mercy and like have the the relationship or, or have the experience was with her that like Lyndon does, I'm inviting her to everything that I go to. That I'm I'm on board 100% actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm for sure with you. Which who knows? Maybe in future books that's going to happen. Yeah. Maybe we start to maybe we start to open up to Mercy a little bit. Start to start to give a little bit. You know, she's 
tearing Mercy's, down the walls. Mercy's, yeah, brick by brick, Mercy's going to tear down those walls and uh, start a great friendship. Also, <laughs> also when Yaren is like, okay, friendly time's over, we've got to fight. And Mercy's like, oh, wait, we're friends? Nice. <laughs> we love Mercy. Right? We really do. Okay, yeah, we really love Mercy. Okay. Okay, that's it for my highlights. Okay. So next week, we are going to be reading Underlord. Be sure to get through that. If we missed anything, comment on the Reddit post we're going to make for this episode. Send us an email. Tweet at us. Any of those things. We'll read them. And, and talk about them next episode. But until then, like the great tree in Ghostwater, from all over the land, we will be collecting and synthesizing a variety of hot takes. And like Ghostwater, we need an entire cohort of dumb nerds. <laughs>